0: Welcome, this is Tom Barthel serving as pastor at Rock of Ages Lutheran Church, and welcome to our parking lot FM broadcast service. We're beginning a new series for the season of Easter. What do we do when our plans fall through? Certainly there are times when our plans are not carried out the way we might like or completely come crashing down. Situations change and our plans either change or fail. But God's plan never fails. And that's what we'll be looking at this Easter season. Today our focus is our plans fall through when we're locked in a room. This is the service for the second Sunday of Easter, April 19th, 2020. If you'd like to follow along with the service folder, go to rockofages-pason.com. And there you can find the service folder for either printing at home or for viewing directly off of your phone screen. We'll start with the hymn, Morning Breaks Upon the Tomb, led by the children at Rock of Ages. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen.
0: You who are loved by the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness.
1: Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner.
0: God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given His only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips.
1: And my mouth shall declare your praise.
0: Hasten to save me, O God.
1: O Lord, come quickly to help me.
0: The Lord is risen, let us worship him. lesson from Acts chapter 10. The apostles served as eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Then Peter began to speak. Now I am really beginning to understand that God does not show favoritism, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He sent his word to the people of Israel proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. Indeed, we are witnesses of all the things he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Yet, they killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. And caused him to be seen not by all the people but by the witnesses god had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify solemnly that he is the one appointed by god as judge of the living and the dead all the prophets testify about him that through his name everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Our psalm of the day is Psalm 16. You're invited to join with the children in singing the refrain.
1: I will praise your name forever, my King and my God.
0: Guard me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The holy ones who are in the land are glorious. All my delight is in them. Those who chase after another god will increase their sorrows. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood. I will not take their name on my lips. Lord, you are the cup that has been given to me. You have secured an allotment for me. The property lines chosen for me fall in pleasant places. Yes, a delightful inheritance is mine. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. Even my flesh will dwell securely, because you will not abandon my life to the grave. You will not let your favored one see decay. You have made known to me the path of life, fullness of joy in your presence, pleasures at your right hand forever. Our second lesson from First Peter, chapter 1. Jesus' resurrection gives us a living hope of eternal life, even through all of our trials. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy he gave us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, into an inheritance that is undying, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Through faith, you are being protected by God's power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the end of time. Because of this, you rejoice very much, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various kinds of trials, so that the proven character of your faith, which is of more valuable than gold, which passes away even though it's tested by fire, may be found to be result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, yet, by believing in him, you are filled with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We read from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, starting at verse 19. This will also be the basis for our meditation on God's word this morning. On the evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were together behind locked doors because of their fear of the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "'Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I am also sending you.'" After saying this, he breathed on them and said, "'Receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. Whenever you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.'" But Thomas, one of the twelve, the one called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, "'We have seen the Lord.'" but he said to them unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side I will never believe after eight days his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them though the doors were locked Jesus came and stood among them peace be with you he said then he said to Thomas put your finger here and look at my hands Take your hand and put it to my side. Do not continue to doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus, in the presence of his disciples, did many other miraculous signs that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of our God. The Lord is risen.
1: He is risen indeed. Alleluia.
0: Death has been swallowed up in victory.
1: Alleluia.
0: join in singing the first four stanzas of O Sons and Daughters of the King. What do we do when our plans fall through? For some, maybe we sink into despair or fear. In 1944, Lieutenant Iro Onodo found himself stationed on an island in the Philippines as he was serving under the Japanese military. When reports started to get out that perhaps the war had ended, he was suspicious. And so... He commanded his comrades to flee into the mountains and find hiding. And even months later, when the report came out and he found a note that said, Come on out. The war ended on August 15th. Come down from the mountains. He still held out. In fact, he held out for years not believing all the pamphlets and flyers that were littering the island, the photographs, or even announcements over loudspeakers of people that might have recognized him, he still held out. And he didn't come out of his hiding for years and years later, living off of bananas and coconuts and cattle that he had stolen and slaughtered. Finally, it was 30 years later, in 1972, when Iro Onodo finally emerged from the corners of the jungle and came out of hiding. He wasn't alone. There were many other holdouts after World War II. There was a Taiwanese man who was serving in the Japanese military on an island in Indonesia. And he outlasted Iro Onodo by two years and didn't come out until a search party found him in 1974. Can you imagine that? How could anyone ever live in isolation and fear for so long? But isn't that what people do when they face fear and uncertainty? That's what we see as we look at the closing section of John's Gospel and we see how some of Jesus' disciples were locked down in fear. And this morning we see how even when our Plans fall through. It's the good news of God that changes everything. The disciples certainly had their plans come crashing down. They did not expect Jesus to be arrested, beaten terribly, suffer a humiliating death. Jesus was dead. And they knew that he was placed in the tomb. So there they were, it says, on the evening of the first day of the week the disciples were together behind locked doors because of their fear of the Jews. What's next, they were wondering. And then the disciples, it's not like they didn't have reports. When you look at Mary, who was the first that Jesus appeared to, Mary Magdalene, she held on to Jesus in amazement and she spoke to those disciples. But it says when they heard that she had seen the Lord, they did not believe her. And those other women who also went to the tomb, and they saw Jesus, and they met him on the way. We read in Luke's Gospel account that he says, the woman came and reported this to the disciples, but they did not believe them because their words seemed like nonsense. Later that same day, Jesus appeared at some point to Peter. Did their hope perhaps grow then? Why were they behind locked doors? And two other disciples on the road to Emmaus also talked with, touched, ate food with Jesus. And they came and reported the good news. It's true, they said, the Lord is risen. But they were behind locked doors. Maybe you know how this is. When we are fearful of something, we're uncertain of something, our response is to lock ourselves in, shut the world out and to hide and to try to play it safe. And the disciples here aren't alone in their fear that first Easter evening. There are many lies being circulated, just as there were at this time, that Jesus is not alive. The devil would rather have you believe that there is no resurrection. It's all just a big cover-up for those who are weak. Don't believe it. Flee to the hills and stay safe. This is the natural tendency of every human heart that even though good news is proclaimed and shared, to doubt, to pull back, but Jesus would not have his disciples remain in doubt. It says, When the doors were locked, Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. And this was no ordinary greeting of peace. They knew this was the man who had told them, my peace I give you, and I don't give to you as the world gives. It's the peace which the world cannot give. Peace between God and sinners. The peace of forgiveness of sins, which he paid for them on the cross. Jesus then verified this peace. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. So the disciples rejoiced. When they not only heard of this peace, they saw the Lord. This is a peace which brought them joy so that they were overjoyed. Can you imagine that? It's not the type of joy that just tells someone the victory has been won and the battle's ended. No, this is the type of joy that you get when someone that you love comes back from battle alive and has conquered and the victory is complete and secure. Jesus is alive. The battle's ended. Forgiveness of sins has been proclaimed. They are at peace with God. But Jesus' appearing to his disciples was just the first step. They now were to be witnesses of that peace. Jesus said, Peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whenever you forgive people's sins, they are forgiven. These same disciples who had been living in fear, because they were not sure what had taken place, who were uncertain, now had certainty. And their mission, their job was to proclaim, the battle's over, come on out, the victory is won, Jesus is alive, we are at peace with God. And yet, we see that the first messenger, the first one that they carry this message to, was a former disciple. There's this man, Thomas, one of the twelve, who was not with them. Thomas, it is often said, is labeled as a doubter. Maybe you've heard the expression doubting Thomas, but that's not really the case. He was more than a doubter. Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks and put my finger into the marks of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. Thomas was following the natural tendency the other disciples had and continuing to follow it. It was not just doubt. For him, it was unbelief. Thomas, who once had seen and walked and lived and heard the words of the Lord and was a believer, was now fallen away from faith. He says, I will never believe. It's all a lie, it's a trap. Don't listen, it can't be true. Maybe you know someone like this. Maybe you yourself have experienced such struggles, doubts, disbelief. Someone who was once a believer, but they've listened to all the, the word around them and the reports around them. They've listened to their own sinful heart and their own reasoning, and they've said, it's too good to be true. To the hills, flee. Keep the doors locked. Later on that week, they're once again behind locked doors. Was it Thomas, perhaps, who insisted, guys, we're not out of the clear yet. We need to keep these doors locked. Maybe you know someone who has receded into the cave of their own heart. And maybe it's like Thomas, maybe it's because their plans didn't go the way they thought they should. Maybe they faced some horrible experience, like a loss or a death of someone they love. Maybe some other plan in their life fell through. And because of it, they've lost their faith and everything else they've given up on. How does God respond? Same way that he did with the other disciples. He had given them the reports, the eyewitnesses. Remember the woman? That's what Thomas had. Only he had more trusted people and friends telling him, the Lord is alive, we are at peace. For an entire week, Thomas had the same thing that every one of us has, the word of the eyewitnesses, that the battle's over, the victory's won, and Jesus is alive, peace and forgiveness of sins. This is what God used. And in the end, God would not allow Thomas to remain in unbelief and doubt. Thomas was going to be, in fact, ironically, one of the strongest proclaimers of the resurrection. After eight days, his disciples were again inside. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Take your hand and put it into my side. Do not continue to doubt, but believe. And then Thomas's confession and proclamation, which ironically makes him from one of the biggest doubters of the resurrection to one of the strongest proponents and witnesses to the resurrected Christ. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. When Thomas saw Jesus alive, he knew the victory is won and that his God had become his salvation and that Jesus, the Son of God, was his living Lord and his God. Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. In other words, Thomas, here's my plan. You, these disciples, all these witnesses, they are going to tell others this message of the victory being won. And they're going to proclaim to others the forgiveness of sins and peace in my name. And they will be blessed even without seeing me. It's the power of the word of God that takes the human heart which is locked down in fear and it opens the door and it removes all fear. And like the disciples had, it brings joy and the peace of forgiveness. And that message which God intends to be proclaimed is like the messages that were scattered on the islands in the Philippines and all around, proclaiming the war is over, forgiveness is won. And now, God has you. Even you who might have doubted or lived in disbelief, you who struggle with fear, he has you as his witness as well. You who have heard this message and are blessed by believing this truth. Jesus is alive. Our plans don't always get carried out. Sometimes they'll fall through. And certainly that can lead us into fear. And certainly it can cause a lot of people to question and wonder, what is true? But this much we know. We have the witness. And we have the word. Jesus is alive. The battle has been won. It ended on Good Friday. And the proclamation of that victory started to be spread that first Easter Sunday. And it's still spread by you. And people are still blessed and brought from darkness and fear to joy and the gift of life and forgiveness and peace. Jesus is alive. He is risen. The battle's won. Peace be with you. We'll sing stanzas five through nine of O Sons and Daughters of the King.
1: shall reign Alleluia 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 On this most holy day of days to God your hearts and voices raise in Laod and Jew and praise. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.
0: You're invited to join as we confess responsively our faith and praise our God using the words of the ancient creed the Te Deum. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as Lord.
1: All creation worships you, Father everlasting.
0: To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise.
1: Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of heavenly hosts. heaven and earth are full of your glory.
0: The glorious company of apostles praise you.
1: The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you.
0: Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you.
1: Father of majesty unbounded, your glorious true and only Son, and the Holy Spirit, Advocate and Guide.
0: You, Christ, are the King of glory,
1: the eternal Son of the Father.
0: When you became man to set us free,
1: you humbled yourself to be born of a virgin.
0: You overcame the sting of death.
1: And opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers.
0: You sit at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father.
1: We believe that you will come to be our judge.
0: Come then, Lord, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood.
1: And bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Amen. Amen.
0: In the morning, O Lord, I call to you. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer.
1: Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
0: Our Father, who art art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
1: Amen.
0: Risen Lord, you came to your disciples and took away their fears with your word of peace. Come to us also by your word and sacrament and banish our fears with the comforting assurance of your abiding presence. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This week we include in our prayers all those who grieve the loss of our brother in the faith, Chuck Tyrell. God called him home last Sunday morning. Chuck has been delivered from this world and brought to bright glory. We pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of faith which you gave Chuck. Beginning with his baptism, you gave him the gift of your spirit. And by the working of your spirit, you kept him in the faith. We thank you for calling him to glory and delivering him from this world of trouble. We pray that you will comfort all those who grieve at this time with the sure hope and knowledge of the resurrection. Teach each of us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom until we join with Chuck and with all of God's people in that bright glory everlasting. We pray this through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us safely to this new day. Defend us with your mighty power. And grant that this day we neither fall into sin nor run into any kind of danger. And in all we do, direct us to what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Let us praise the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: To Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before His glorious presence, without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. We'll close by singing the first stanza of To God Be the Glory, led by Branches Band. Thank you for participating with us. Once again, you can find each service folder at rockofages-pason.com. We'd like to thank Branches Band for leading us in that music for that final hymn. This concludes our service. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to hear more messages, you can find all the sermon texts and audio and video at rockofages-pason.com. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. God bless your week in Christ, our living head and our solid rock.